This is Kelly and Tom from Up Yours Downstairs, and we have an important announcement for you. That's right. We have found a great investment opportunity in the Grand Canadian Trunkadelic Railroad, and we are looking to get some cash to do it. However, we need your help. Yes. Log on to patreon.com slash upyoursdownstairs to get in on the ground floor mm-hmm. and gain access to super secret awesome prizes. That's right. Many prizes. A chap I know says that this is a sure investment that cannot fail. Absolutely not. It's as unsinkable as the Titanic. That's right. That is exactly how it is. So uh, definitely visit patreon.com slash upyoursdownstairs and invest today. I'm going to fly this plane. You should perhaps hire a lawyer. This is a really interesting notion. We don't know how this happened. Welcome to the Palm Court, a Mr. Selfridge podcast. I'm Kelly Anakin. And I'm Tom Schneider. We're going to level with you guys. (laughs) We wish we were doing anything. Yeah. Anything else than talking about this particular episode of Mr. Like, I... It, How can it keep getting worse? Yeah, it's it's definitely fallen into some quicksand. Uh, and like, and it, it keeps, you know, spinning all of its gears and yeah. just getting itself sucked further down into the quagmire. Yeah, this, it's, I, like, you really, like, you sat down, you broke out this season, and this is, you're like, yeah, this is, this is all great stuff. This is the way, this is what people are interested in. Did Eyeliner have a stroke? <laughs> like, did he have a secret stroke? And his inner cabal is like, uh, 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 he'd want it this way. <laughs> it is, yeah. Here, let's have this elaborate series of pulleys. <laughs> so it appears that he's on set directing things, Weekend at Bernie's style. <laughs> Yeah, this is like one like if you know you used one of those predictive predictive text generators and yes. plugged in the first few seasons. Well, and that's how I feel about all like the next week on. Yeah, and the next week on for this episode was the same where I was like, are they really? They're really going okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fine. Here we are. Uh, so now that we've editorialized, <laughs> yeah. Uh, worth noting, no Ellen love letters this week, so we can jump right into the fun. Oh yes, we can. So <sighs> and we shall. We start off. We start off with May putting flowers on Fat Thomas's grave because oh, and boy howdy, are there flowers upon flowers already upon that grave? Uh, oh yeah, tons of flowers. Once again, no sign of haircut. Right. No sign of Uncle Geo. Right. Just, it's just Harry Selfridge and Lady May. Yeah. The two most important people. Right. In Victor Caliano's <laughs> sad fat life. Right. Not any of his actual coworkers. Not any of his relatives. None of his under. World uh, flunkies. Right. Uh, yeah. So that's great. Uh, and yeah, May is like, let's go to work. Ugh, Jesus. And then it, we ended on a shot of uh, the grave marker for one Victor Caliano. Which is made of wood. Which is made of wood. It's made of wood. You cannot have a wooden grave marker. Right. I recognize that old timey people may not have known stuff, but they knew that. Yeah. They've known this one for thousands of years, as you can see by the many non-wooden grave markers surrounding this wooden grave marker. And, like, I'd, I'd say, oh, this is 
a temporary, but it's like finished. Yeah, and it's got know, like a metal plate. It's got a stain. Plate. It's got a metal plate. It's like, well, I hope you're prepared for the worms and the rain <laughs> to destroy that within three months. Yeah, like why didn't you just dump them in the river if you're going to give them a wooden grave marker? Come on. Like they suspected the mob. <laughs> right. Could have at least been consistent. Yeah. Wow. So, uh... Bump, 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 No, and you know, the best part is, like, is when, you know, Harry Selfridge is like, he was a good man. And it's just like, no one even believes the line <laughs> readings they're giving anymore. No, that's This becomes very, even more yeah. painfully obvious later, but it's just yeah. clear that all of the actors were like, fucking really, dude? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, time to, you know, get paid and uh, line up our next work. Yeah. So Godspeed to all of you for suffering through this. <laughs> yes, indeed. Except for Meryl. She seems like she's having a great time. <laughs> uh, Jimmy Dillon is, like, sad because he killed Fat Thomas. And then his mom comes in. He's apparently hanging out at his mom's place. Yeah. Well, you know, I would probably hang out with my mom if I killed somebody. <laughs> I'd be like, Mom! But yeah. she would turn me in, so never mind. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Yeah. JD's mom, not like that at all. No. She says, hey, good, good news. The paper says that the police suspect organized crime involvement. So uh, you're totally in the clear. Yeah, because I know that I always place my coming in or out of hiding on, you know, the man's newspaper. <laughs> right. Yeah. They're always very uh, transparent about their investigations, mm-hmm. I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Public knowledge. Jimmy, you need to watch The Wire. <laughs> Uh, Jimmy's like, yeah, but I'm still sad. And his mom's like, you take things on too much. I'm like, no, you killed a guy. I mean, it was accidental, but you should really feel bad about killing yeah, a guy. Like you should like, uh, yeah, like he's, he's dead. Yeah. He had a thriving business. He was going to bone your girlfriend. <laughs> right. He, he had, had a every- lot going on. <laughs> That's right. He had everything to live for. <laughs> and you killed him. <laughs> My God, Fat Thomas. <laughs> Because weirdly, anytime he showed up, at least I was like, oh, thank God. Yeah. No, Someone was... I have occasionally cared about. Yeah. And I think the weird thing about him is that somehow his character was like the most consistent or something since the be- Like his arc wasn't and he's doing all different things, but it just felt like he was the same guy. You don't feel like he got suddenly uh, inexplicably intelligent for no reason? <laughs> For example, um, no, he's he's like the spinner of this show. <laughs> How Spinner was just on Degrassi forever because yeah. they couldn't figure out a way to fire that kid, even though they all obviously hated him so much. They kept firing him, and then he kept showing up on set, and he had lines. They're like, "We don't know how this happened." <laughs> I have a really good agent. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, so uh, J.D.'s mom tells him to keep Harry Selfridge close and he'll be fine. And she's like, go back to London. Your shady business contacts, they miss you. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, oh, yeah, nobody in Harry Selfridge's orbit has ever come to grief. So that's... His wife's not dead. (laughs) Victor Caliano didn't die. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Grove doesn't have a tumor. (laughs) His daughter's not about to get syphilis from some contessa. <laughs> oh, don't be ridiculous. Sergey and I haven't had sex since our wedding day. <laughs> I don't think they have. No, I think you're right. I wasn't fond of it. <laughs> I found it awkward. <laughs> Ma told me it might be. <laughs> so at Selfridge's, 
Harry tells Nunu Gordon about their new summer promotion, which uh, the only thing I'll say about this episode, and it, there wasn't much of it, but it was like an actual, like, old-fashioned Selfridges thing going on where there's, like, this specific episode yeah, promotion. Yeah, mostly the- in the background, though. Yeah. Like, it really, yeah. it was like a throwback Thursday <laughs> to when Selfridges was a show about a retail store. Right. And not about the increasingly bizarre family life of everyone who works there. <laughs> The surprising adventures of me. Like, make Selfridge just great again. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, so they go down to the sales floor, and it's all summery, and Harry compliments eyebrows, and we're like, oh, that's eyebrows' appearance for this episode. Mm -hmm. Would that we had been correct. (laughs) No spoilers. Right. Harry Everyone listening is like, bitches, we suffered through this three months ago. <laughs> yeah. Where were you then? <laughs> yeah. No. Gosh. Look, we were going through a lot. We were going through a lot. We were going through a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, this would have been this would have been too much. <laughs> Can you even imagine? When did this air? Did this air like right around the time that your dad died? I think so. We couldn't have done yeah, this like, then. Yeah. God. Yeah. It's like your dad died and then this. We can barely do it now. I know. <laughs> Look, let's keep going. I yeah. want to clock this under 45 minutes <laughs> for all of our sakes. Yeah. Uh, Harry tells Kitty that she'll be missed, uh, and then they go out and look at the windows because they're fixed. And this is also apparently May's first window display, which again, so in the one to 17 months that she's been there, I, you know, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, they didn't know if ready to wear would be successful. Right. Because old timey people didn't know stuff. That's what I hear. Also, as they reveal the windows, they pan out. Yeah. Because they think we would be more interested in the throngs of people apparently flocking to look at the windows. I guess. Like, these are just extras, okay? If I want to watch extras, I'll watch that Ricky Gervais show. Yeah. Like, make with the windows. We've got a whole thing about it. Yeah. Come on. Like, like yeah. Who else is even watching this show at this point? <laughs> right. Besides, like, and we didn't even watch it. Yeah. Uh, Kitty asked Connie about George. He's apparently real upset and he's staying up late with his medals because he was such good friends with Fat Thomas. Yeah, they were as, best friends. As we all, of course, know. Uh, Kitty and Mustache are still married and still not really telling people that they're not. And Kitty. Like us that time. Like us that time, exactly. <laughs> uh, Kitty is nervous and excited about this change in her life me too kitty go kitty go kitty go kitty go here get here. the fuck out of here yeah take, take nothing with you. with you oh i said take nothing with you yeah you said take us with you right i would love i would love it if the remaining three episodes <laughs> that we still have to fucking wallow through yeah we're just suddenly oh it's just us and kitty in new york and elizabeth arden being a crazy drunk yeah like it was that and then just like you could wrap up all the other plot lines just sometimes kitty like just gets a letter and she's like oh Oh, Mr. Selfridge is in gambling debts again. <laughs> How terrible. Oh, um, uh, and uh, Mr. Grove died and uh, nobody cares about Jimmy Dillon. And uh, yeah. Oh, Lady May somehow extricated herself from all these entanglements. <laughs> She's coming to join us. Oh, Miss Arden. I don't miss that shit. <laughs> I can't believe I used to care about this. <laughs> Which is much how I feel. Um... <laughs> Uh, Harry shows Lady May a newspaper. I forget why. He compliments the new line. Well, she said, he said that she'd been turning down press engagements. Right. 
and she said, uh, I've been in kind of a funk since Fat Thomas died. Yeah. And he's like, well, you need to fucking go talk to the press. Yeah. And uh, he shows her some kind of article. Yeah. And I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't look like anything to me. <laughs> <laughs> I hate that show so much. Uh, Lady May says that uh, eyebrows is peculiar, which isn't even really. Yeah, we were like, why? It, oh, like, God, is he about to suddenly become relevant? <laughs> dun, dun, dun. No spoilers. Uh, so, yeah. So Harry tells May to start doing interviews. Uh, down in the machine room, the artful porter complains about the increased load because this uh, summer line is in such high demand uh, and then gratuitously insults Tilly's sewing. Great. Uh, Mr. Keene is concerned, as he has been all season, about... <laughs> in uh, the previously on. <laughs> right. Uh, about that incident with the windows getting broken and the excessive spending in general and uh, the reckless drunken gambling of the CEO of the store. <laughs> uh, Harry says that that's all in the past. They're on the up and up now, uh, reigning in their spending, consolidating... Keen says fine, but he would like an office in the store, and uh, they say fine, and Harry also invites him to come to the monthly director's meeting, which really should have been... Like- Mr. Keen's life seems dope. Yeah. Like, I don't know what it is that he does, but it seems like he just sits around places and is like, quit it. <laughs> yeah. That seems like a fun job. Yeah. It's like, you just go to a business and, hey, be like, um, excuse me, my investors were wondering, could you business better at all? Also, like, how is Mr. Selfridge not the villain here? Like, I, I, I like don't again, know. do you really think, Eyeliner, that we are still rooting for this monster <laughs> at this point? Because literally everything that he touches turns to garbage. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then uh, fake Doris comes in with her children and they run in and it's like, oh, there's children in this office now. And it was such a weird scene because it seemed like it was written like, oh, Mr. Keene is like, ho, ho, ho. But like he didn't do that. <laughs> right. You know, or like, you know, somebody should have been like, oh, you know, it's a family business. Yeah. It just he it was just awkward. It absolutely was. But uh, anyway, they they all go down to get ice cream. That's a part of the summer promotion is that an ice cream shop. Lori. Or whatever, yeah. Has been set up. Trolley and ice cream. They called I, it something. I think it might have been trolley, actually. Trolley, trolley, trolley. Get your ice cream here. You're welcome. <laughs> you can use that, Selfridges. No charge. We hate this show. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if it's shot in Selfridges. Oh, I yeah. I can't believe we've never wondered that before. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I would, like, surely not, right? Right, it would disrupt their business. Yeah. Judging from their Twitter feed, which our account follows, (laughs) they're very busy. Yeah, so uh, the kids are having the ice cream. Harry asks fake Doris to come to dinner. Uh, He suddenly cares about his family for a few hours. Well, he almost lost it. (laughs) So I heard on various previously and next ons. yeah, then Nunu Gordon tells Harry, pulls him aside and tells him that Wednesday Adams is suing them for breach of contract for having pulled out of the advertising. Gee, I mean, we all thought that was a great idea before. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, like, I, well, and I actually, I assumed that when he said pull, he was pulling their advertising that he could just do that. I did as well, because I thought it was just that. Uh, yeah, like it's, Like, yeah. don't you, like, shouldn't you have just been like, let's not renew our contract? Right. Like, why do you keep doing things that are so disastrous? Right. You should perhaps hire a lawyer. 
Just even one. Yeah. Well, they apparently have a whole team. <laughs> right. Because they talk about them later. No spoilers. <laughs> but like, he just keeps making these unilateral decisions, which they have a board. Yeah. He shouldn't be able to do. Like this Mr. Keen, who's like, oh, we're going to be, you know, exercising a more muscular presence. I'm like, shouldn't there be like 15 other people saying same? Yeah. Anyway, the fun part was the kids. Well, first of all, because it cuts from them upstairs, and then it's like, then it cuts downstairs, and there's two unrelated girl children running along. But we thought it was, they had the same haircut. <laughs> right. So we're like, why are they wearing dresses? Like, this is very progressive. <laughs> right. Like, you know, we're fine with it. Yeah. But, you know, whatever year England probably would not be. <laughs> One would think, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the kids love the ice cream. They got seconds, by the way, which... <gasps> Those lucky bastards. I, I mean, know. granted, I'm depressed, and I've been eating <laughs> two to three drumsticks a day. You know, maybe if we had been given seconds on ice cream as children, we wouldn't feel the need to constantly give ourselves fourths on ice cream as adults. This is a really interesting notion. Yeah. <sighs> Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, that was great for my depression. <laughs> Listen, don't make me have real feelings. That's why we watch TV. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that is quite true. Uh, so JD's mother finally kicks him out and tells him to focus on what's important. He's like, what's that? And she says, what's that? And he's like, flying high. So that's the thing. That so cocaine? <laughs> right. I know some guys in the Peaky Blinders who could hook you up. <laughs> yeah. Uh yeah, that's apparently a thing that has always been uh, JD's motto, like, as we've all known. Yeah, he's of a course. character. Yeah. Just like eyebrows. Right. And his mother, who we've met dozens of times. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Very well-developed characters. <laughs> uh, Connie gives George a letter or something uh, that she says comes from the temple or the inner temple or whatever that – one of those weird British law things. <laughs> A solicitor. A wig. <laughs> the the defendant box. The stocks? Magna Carta. <laughs> Roundheads. Uh, Treacle. Lori. Um, Lemon curd. I already said Lori. You lose. Oh, man. <laughs> lift. You meant lift. I did mean lift. Or Lou. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aluminium trashkin. <laughs> Dustbin. Dustbin. That's a good one. All right. Um, anyway, this legal information is that Fat Thomas left them a 200 pound a year trust fund for their baby. Uh, and they have emotions about this. Even the camera doesn't seem to care about this scene. Like, just watching it, it's just like, why is this... Like, all of it feels like filler. Yeah. All of it feels like they wrote these scenes, like, just in case. Right. They're and like, then, oh, we're going to get an A plot at some point. And there is no A plot. That's what is so... Because it's like, this Jimmy Dillon thing is supposed to be the A plot, I, I guess? I guess so. But it's just not. Yeah. Like, I don't care. Yeah. About anything that Harry Selfridge is doing. Yeah. I'm like, pay your bill! <laughs> yeah. It's, uh... We've become much more interested in fiduciary responsibility than... <laughs> yeah, we really have. And we have never cared about that. Yeah. Well, except in the sense that, mis uh, that Mr. Grantham... <laughs> ah, Down Abbey meets Mr. Selfridge. It's Mr. Grantham. Uh, Lord Grantham, you know, kept yeah. losing all that. But, like, I expect that behavior from a rich British lord. Right, exactly. Like, there's a reason they have no power anymore. <laughs> right. They kept losing all their money. <laughs> idiots 
you know, he didn't have a board of directors. He didn't, and he should have. Yeah. Just had those pigs. <laughs> they were Mary's pigs. <laughs> You're right. Uh, yeah, George says that he let their friendship slide. Uh, which and we're is, like, yeah, you did. You haven't been in a scene with, like, yeah. there was that one scene yeah. in the last episode. No, it's like, they're like, oh, I remember when we were friends. Yeah, let's be fair to George. He did not let that relationship slide. Eyeliner, Eyeliner let that really let that relationship slide. Yeah. So Kitty's giving a speech at her farewell party. Uh, and, you know, the usual thing, she thinks... She, yeah, she gets very emotional and, like, can't go on, and so they all start clapping and she just stops talking. Yeah. I'm like, this is exactly what happened to Hillary Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, Selfridge is like a family, etc. Uh, Kitty tells Harry that she's not sure she can do this, and Harry says that he has never been more confident. I mean, a vote of confidence from Harry Selfridge is not worth the writ it's written on, like <laughs> IMO. Yeah. He's uh, a terrible judge of character. Right. Uh, Kitty then says goodbye to Connie's pregnant belly, um, which I guess is a thing that you could do. Um, People do that kind of crap all the time. I know. I mean, I'm well aware that that is a standard thing. It's just always like, hmm. They say they can hear you in the womb. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Although, again, how far along is she? Great question. Yeah. She doesn't look very pregnant. No. Yeah, she also says that uh, she's not saying goodbye to Mustache. She has nothing to say to him. <laughs> and he looks terrible. He does. It is hysterical how terrible he looks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's like Samuel West has just given up all pretense of even an Irish accent at this point, yeah. I feel like. He sounds like an American. <laughs> he's just like, no, you know, unshaven and he's just like wandering around. Yeah. Yeah. He looks ha- like a right grove. <laughs> he does. Yeah. So he's all sad and Harry tells him... Uh, you know, and he's like, oh, you know, a trans, a transatlantic marriage is very modern, I suppose, and perhaps absence and so on. And Harry's like, no, I wasted too many years of my life with a woman I loved. And it's like, I just couldn't stop begging floozies. <laughs> right. I tried. I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to join some sort of floozies anonymous program. <laughs> he does. <laughs> God, grant me the serenity to accept the floozies I cannot bang, the courage to bang the floozies I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Oh, man. Yeah. So Kitty's looking at displays in the darkened, clearly closed store, which will become relevant in a moment. Um, and, you know, wistfully, just like, cause she's leaving. Uh, and then Mustache bursts in and says, don't go. And she's like, uh, I'm going. And she's going. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then finally Mustache is like, well, take me with you. And she's like, what? And he's like, yeah, like, take me with you to New York right now. And that, then Kitty's like, great. That sounds fine. This made me so mad. Yeah. It made me so angry. Yeah. Like, not because I wanted the continued adventures of Mustache. <laughs> right. But like, God, like, Kelly- every time this show pushes a female character into a truly interesting position, mm-hmm. she either becomes fodder for Harry Selfridge's floozy encrusted dick, <laughs> or like just is totally undercut by some dude. He's yeah. like, but come on. <laughs> and she's always just like, oh, well, all right. Yeah. Like it happened to Miss Martle. Yep. It happened to Kitty. Yep. It would have happened to Miss Revilius if that actress hadn't been like, peace out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it is sad. It's about to happen to Meryl. 
And she's not even interesting. No spoilers. <laughs> but yeah, Kelly Kelly did in fact put a blanket over her head. As yeah, Kitty this is who I, I'm emerged. wearing it now. <laughs> this is who I am now. Queen blanket for a face. Yeah. So anyway, they leave the darkened closed store and exit into broad daylight with a lot of passing foot traffic that is apparently unable to shop at Selfridges. Yeah. Like, I'm like, did they shut down the whole store? Yeah. For Kitty? Right. That seems like Mr. Keen's definitely going to have something to say about that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, so they get in a cab and Mustache says, to New York. And then the cab driver turns around, shoots him, <laughs> turns the gun to his own head. Kitty jumps into the driver's seat and drives all the way across the Atlantic. <laughs> no, he's a, you know, the, the driver's actually like, uh, sir, you, you're looking for a chitty chitty bang bang. <laughs> so, uh, May is complaining about the negative coverage that they're getting in Wednesday Adams papers. Surprise, surprise. In case you thought there was, uh, you know, some sort of editorial wall between advertising and content. Because there's not. There's not. And never has been. That's uh, a good point. Yeah. <laughs> it's about to get even weaker. Yeah. Oh, God. I Relevant. wonder why I'm depressed. <laughs> I, uh, I don't. Maybe something amazing will happen. Because we're recording these a week in advance. That's true. That's true. Anything could happen. That's, yeah. Who knows? uh yeah so may is like we're getting all this negative news coverage perhaps our press agent mustache should do something about it and harry's like ah no i let him go to new york without even considering that and like was mustache working alone how did he like how do all of these people run single person departments (laughs) yeah like it's insane yeah yeah no, the only, like, there's, like, Harry has Miss Plunkett, and that's basically it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so he's just like, oh, just say no comment. Uh, so then in their office, Nunu Gordon suggests they form a truce with Wednesday Adams, and they're just like, it's too late for that, it's personal now. And I'm like, is, is Like, it? you are insane. Yeah. You're a literal insane person. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Nunu Gordon says it's not personal between him and Wednesday Adams, and, uh, Harry's like, oh, that would make me look weak, and Nunu Gordon's like, maybe that's a good idea, <laughs> which doesn't really turn out to be relevant. Uh, the Groves look at a seashell. Thank you, yeah. in our long marriage and relationship, for <laughs> never gifting me a sea rock, <laughs> because fuck that. You're, you're quite welcome. They're everywhere. It's fine, it's fine from like a baby. They don't know any better. You know, somebody's like, eh, I got you this. <laughs> anyway, thank you for only getting me reasonable gifts that can be purchased in a store. Right. Not something lovingly handcrafted. I got it at the sharper image. Uh, okay. Meryl knocks over some display and eyebrows is like, hey, stop knocking things over. And Meryl's like, well, I don't want to stop knocking things over. And this develops into, to- okay, I think they forgot to include the CGI cartoon Cupid <laughs> that shoots eyebrows in the face. And he's suddenly like, oh, I'm besotted with this redheaded vixen <laughs> for no reason. Not yeah. even narrative economy. No. Meryl has a perfectly cromulent pair of storylines. Yeah, she's doing fine. Like, write something else for eyebrows. Like, give him something design-related to work yeah, on. Yeah, have him have a work-related challenge. Yeah. Not a personal relationship-related challenge. Yeah. This is like if pre-medicine George Taller had tried to adapt Much Ado About Nothing. Like, <laughs> Do you mean uh, Midsummer Night's Dream? 
No, Beatrice okay. and Benedict. All right, that's fine. Yeah. I was just saying, because I talked about Cupid and shooting him in the face. Oh, so I was right. like, oh, yeah. you know, that flower that yeah. you put in the eyes. And- yeah. I mean, there are many relevant Shakespeare plays. Yeah, where people scenario. fall in love for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Shakespeare really was a hack. <laughs> I know we've said that before on this very podcast, yeah. but it's as true now as it ever was. It's just trying to get paid. Down in the machine room, Tilly is working alone because she has extra work from when she made Miss Martle's dress. And Meryl's like, hey. And Tilly's like, please don't say anything. <laughs> and Meryl's like, mm, I think I'm white, though. So Yeah, I'm definitely going to meddle. Yeah. Uh, at the crap club, Nunu Gordon. <laughs> oh, the crap age. Yeah. Nunu Gordon tells Wednesday Adams that uh, Harry apologizes and offers to uh, fulfill their contract if he drops the suit. Wednesday Adams was like, uh, no. (laughs) Nunu Gordon says, that's fine. Our lawyers think that this is a very generous settlement. And he hands him a number on a piece of paper. Wednesday Adams says, still no, because he's got a gross. So apparently it is actually personal. It is, but it's also stupid. Yeah, right. (laughs) Nunu Gordon asks what his board would think about him turning down the settlement for a personal grudge. Uh, and that they're sure to hear about it as Wednesday Adams does not control every newspaper. Mm-hmm. And Wednesday Adams is like, rah. Well, he says, ah, oh, the Selfridge pup has teeth. <laughs> Let's murder your father and you and your sister can run everything. <laughs> but like, no, it's unclear if they came to some sort of arrangement. Yeah. Right? So does that mean that he is accepting that settlement or I, I, also shouldn't the board be there? If you're going to be making unilateral decisions about things? Nope. Uh, things are just settled by informal agreements at crap clubs between owners and owners' relatives. Yeah, okay. Well, welcome to Trump's America. <laughs> Jimmy Dillon enters Harry's office, says that the store looks great, and that they should team up again. And Harry says, no, I'm being responsible now. This will definitely last. <laughs> <laughs> Please, go on. (laughs) A reporter is interviewing Lady May, sort of, uh, but then she's like, oh, there's Jimmy Dillon. Fuck off. Well, and this reporter is reporting on the white hot fire story of how Lady May used to be a showgirl. Right. And then she was a lady. And then she was a designer in Paris. And now she's a designer for Selfridges. And it's like, everybody knows this story already. Remember that famous article, Lady May to Wed in Paris? (laughs) (laughs) The one that caused Lord Loxley such, uh, you know... Oh! <laughs> yeah. So this may not be... A re- Incidentally, Lord Loxley's on The Fall in Series 3. Oh. I don't think we've mentioned that. Yeah. But man, I love The Fall. If anybody wants to watch The Fall and then tweet about it, let me know. <laughs> I am here for it. Yeah. Oh, I have no doubt of that. God, I've, I love The Fall. I've, I've heard as much. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. And then May and Jimmy Dillon are like, boy, it's sad that Fat Thomas died, huh? And they're like, yep. Uh, so May's brooding down in the machine room. This whole episode, people keep being like, boy, it sure is sad about Fat Thomas. And we're all like, you you barely talk to him. Yeah. It's not like this is last season. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, so... Like, are you going to check in with Violette? <laughs> God forbid. I sure am sad that guy I was in love with is dead. <laughs> I'm going to fly this plane. <laughs> For some reason, Violette is now also Jerry Blank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, like, Mr. Crab and the Artful Porter and, all, and Harry all ask her for things related to her job, and she snaps at them. So up in Harry's office, Harry says that Fat Thomas burned bright and fast. I mean, if by that you mean fat and bumbling. <laughs> right. Uh, and May says that— Also, her- wasn't he, like, 45? 
<laughs> he was somewhere between 23 and 60. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they call it the Selfridge Wormhole. <laughs> <laughs> No, I think they live in an alternate universe where day and night just alternate at random hours and you never know. It's like Night Vale. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, May says that she was similar to Fat Thomas or that her life was like they both started from whatever and did sex work for a while and then <laughs> <laughs> things worked out. Uh, and she's like depressed. So Harry asked her to dinner. Me too. Yeah. I mean, we already covered that. Right. I haven't had any drumsticks today, so that's probably why. <laughs> Diagnose you with a severe drumstick deficiency. I ate a piece of sweet potato pie for breakfast. <laughs> breakfast of champions. That's what I hear. <laughs> Granted, I hear it from uh, the Food Network, so <laughs> right. your mileage may vary. Oh, yeah. No, you know, LeBron James every morning, sweet potato pie. <laughs> <laughs> that explains his hairline. <laughs> uh, Grove House, they show the kids all the dumb seashells that they collected. And then Meryl talks to Grove about Tilly and says that this all happened because of Martel's dress so that Mr. Grove is, like, obligated to, like, deal with it. Which he wouldn't have cared what she wore. Yeah. So, like, and I'm loathe to make excuses for Mr. Grove. Right. But in this case, I'm like, Meryl, you orchestrated that and basically forced your friend to do it. Yeah. Well, and he says... You know, because Meryl's like, oh, she doesn't want to, like, make a fuss or anything. And he says, well, if that's what she wishes, then you should respect that. Which, he was right. I agree. Yeah. Uh, At dinner, May makes a hilarious joke about how the fall line will all be, like, crappy. uh, Like sackcloth or something. Yeah, and everybody laughs and laughs and we're like, what? Yeah. Drink more. Uh, then Harry announces that, uh, because it's the first of the month, he's decided to make up a new position for Gordon to have. I feel like he does this every month. <laughs> Just every month. Yeah. So, uh, this time it is managing director of the flagship store. Great. Yay. Yeah. Everybody like applauds. And it's like, it's all his money anyway. And it's just, anyway, anyway. I can't get into the nepotistic management style. Yeah. We have three episodes left. Save some for the finale. Yeah. Jimmy Dillon greets a man named Rolly, uh, who I guess is one of his shady business partners. Uh, Rolly first suggests that JD get involved in oil. That's the next big thing. But JD wants something that is brick and mortar. Yeah, because that's got a great bright future. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he wants a long-term project. So wait, Rolly- wait till the blitz starts. <laughs> and Rolly's like, I've got just the thing. And we're like, okay. Yeah. Yes, we are invested in this character and this plot line. <laughs> This character who's only been around this season and this other one who just showed up now. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Grove arrives at the office. Plunkett greets him. Uh, He's got piles of things on his desk. Yeah. And it's like, is he training a replacement for when he dies? Because he might want to like... Yeah. You know, what with Selfridge's one person, one department rule, I realize this is unconventional, but he is going to die. Right. They are still going to actually need somebody to manage their hundreds of employees. Yeah. That, yeah. Ew, I just realized he's their HR guy. Yeah, yeah. Jesus Christ. Yeah. What a terrible HR guy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And I thought I had it rough. <laughs> uh, down in the machine room, the Artful Porter discusses this new lot of machinists they've got in, some of whom are from Corley's, and apparently Tilly used to work at Corley's, so there's that. Uh, Eyebrows has another inexplicable scene with Meryl, uh, and tries to leave through a locked cupboard. Uh... Like, it's the Benny Hill show now, people. That's what we're doing. Yeah. 
Mr. Grove interviews the artful porter and says that he hears that Tilly has an excessive workload. Uh, the artful porter blames her poor workmanship. So the artful porter also asks if Tilly had any proper references from her previous job. And Which goes, we know she didn't because right. in that interview scene. Right. But then it's like, well, okay. Yeah. Well, oh, right. Because she specified that some of the people from Corley's had like reported rumors about yeah. the time at Corley's. So. Uh, Nunu Gordon is in Harry's office and they're just talking about how great it is that he got yet another new job. And then Jimmy Dillon just bursts in the door. I'm like, how did you get in here? <laughs> where the hell is Blankens? <laughs> oh, where the hell is Blankensop? I know. We haven't seen her since she body shamed Kitty. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. Martel and Meryl are having tea. Uh, Meryl talks about eyebrows and Martel's like, I think the dude's into you. Boo. Uh, Jimmy Dillon is, uh, got his plan and it is a blueprint of Whiteley's, which we eventually piece together is Tweedledee and Tweedledouche. Yeah. Uh, that's them. And he's heard rumors that the owners are out of their depth. Uh, we've also heard rumors in the very first episode of this season that yes, that was the case. Yes, we have heard those rumors. Yeah. Uh, were we ever so young? <laughs> were we ever so in Biarritz? <laughs> Biarritz? <laughs> right. Uh, and so, Jimmy Dillon wants them to buy it, and he wants to be a 50-50 equity partner, not just a broker this time. Uh, and Nunu Gordon is, like, all in with this new plan. Well, he's the managing director of the Oxford Street store now, Tom. <laughs> right. It's an, it's, it's an important new title. Uh, Grove is brooding in his office and says, come. It's back. <laughs> it is back. In Grove form. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Tilly enters, and Grove says that she was not up front, and that he has heard that there was a cloud of scandal surrounding her departure from Corley's. He called her old supervisor. Yes. And he said those things. Yeah, and as soon as she he says the the old supervisor's name, Tilly's like, you mustn't believe a word that man says. Uh, but Grove is like, well, you know, you need to tell me what happened, and she says you wouldn't believe me. And he, you know, he asked her again and she won't say anything. And he's like, well, then I have no choice. And he hands her two weeks pay and references and she's fired. How good could her references be? Well, I know. Like, right? You know, like, I'm like, okay, like, thanks. Yeah. Salt and open severance. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that happened and it's a bummer, but we presume it's not over yet. Tweedles enter Harry's office, uh, say they've already had another offer for the store, uh, from a housing developer. They, and they don't care about the fact that it's their father's work or whatever, and that's fair. Yeah, and they basically are like, oh, Gordon, you're totally going to sell out your dad, too, so, like, what's <laughs> yeah, up? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they make an offer. That offer's too low, so Harry, Nunu Gordon, and JD get out into the hallway, and they're like, oh, we need another X amount of money, and Nunu Gordon's like, what about that money from selling the provincial stores? And Harry's like, well, that's all our liquidity. And Nunu Gordon's like, great, let's do it. And it's like, did we not learn anything from the previous gambling storyline? No. The illegal gambling <laughs> debts. Yeah. Oh, Harry's Harry's refused to le- learn anything for the last 10 to 40 years. Yeah, He's not going to start now. <laughs> uh, Martle stops in Grove's office, and he's decided to retire, apparently. Great. He's like, you know, I fired a black person, and that was the last thing on my bucket list for this <laughs> job. So I just, I'm like, uh, why do we have to continue to have the presence of Grove? I know. Like, get out of here. Like, I thought he was supposed to be dead by now. Right? Ugh. Lousy doctors. 
Uh, Harry tells May down in the empty machine room that they bought Whiteleys and he's super happy. And May's like, oh, I'm so happy for you. But she's like, my limited Harry is back. And like, Catherine Kelly is not selling these line readings. Like, of all the people who aren't selling line readings this season, she's especially not selling them. Yeah. Yeah. She is not, and rightly so, not, uh, you know, making much of an effort. Yeah. Because why should she? Yeah. It's not like anything is going to be believable. No. Well, and they and, start they start moving the camera in such a way where I'm like, is Harry going to kiss her? Yeah. Is he going to kiss her? Yeah. And luckily, we're saved by the Gordon. <laughs> right. But I am like, oh, please, God, no. Why is this happening? Yeah. But, you know, I have a feeling... Well, we've seen the next on. Yeah. And I mean, anyway, once eyeliner is put two opposite sex characters in the same room, he will not rest. Apparently. God. We thought uh, Baron Julian was bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, the Whiteley's blueprint fades into Whiteley's itself, and there's all stuff in the windows, and, uh, Harry and Nunu Gordon and Jimmy Dillon walk in and admire it. And it seems like there's not any commerce occurring right. there, and it's like, so did you get taken for a ride? Like, right. what the hell it is It just this looks place? like... There's like a bunch of dudes in suits walking around, and yeah, that's it. Like, it looks like some sort of, like, you know, government administration building, or like, something. But there's no evidence at all of anything for sale in this yeah. store. But, yeah. Uh, and then finally... Wednesday Adams talks to one of his non-flick reporters who is reporting out Fat Thomas's death and has found three pictures, uh, one of JD, one of Dan Kona, and one of Harry Selfridge, and has... You mean Kona Coffee? Yes. You said... Well, I didn't actually write it down. Okay. That's the problem. Well, I forgot his name completely. <laughs> so I guess, you know, that's egg on my face. Yeah. Well, I thought we were done with him. Um, and it's like, these are all possibly related for reasons that I don't know yet. And Wednesday Adams is like, great. And that's the end of the episode. That is the end of the episode. Is it the worst episode in the show's history? I don't know. I mean, it's hard to make these judgments in the moment, but God, I did not like anything that happened. I felt like it just dragged. Yeah. Every scene was just like, uh, okay. Well, it's again, what do we care about at this point? Especially now, If I mean, I assume we're done with Kitty. Oh, God. Three more episodes of this and no kitty. I mean, no yeah. mustache. Right. Granted. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, who do we even still care about? Yeah. Like, I kind of care about Nunu Gordon. Oddly enough. Except he's got a bunch of dumb ideas that he's <laughs> acting on. Well, right. I kind of care about the ghost of Lady May. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Mr. Crab, he's fine. <laughs> sure, but he's, you know, he's just hanging around. Oh, Tilly. We care about Tilly. We care about Tilly, yeah. But uh, that's about it. Yeah. So uh, that brings us to the Selfie Award. <laughs> it does, indeed. Uh, so we start off with the Nailing It Award. Which? Had... No. No one was nailing it. Not We couldn't come up with a single person. Oh, wait. Yes, we did. We, we Yeah, I'm it lying. took a while. Yeah. No, this was very challenging. But we eventually realized Harry's grandkids got two ice creams at yes. the ice cream trolley. They requested another ice cream. They got it. That's about all anyone can hope for, apparently, yeah. anymore. Yeah. Like, that's basically... You could maybe say the artful porter got Tilly fired, but A, we don't want to support that, and B, she's going to end up coming back. I know! <sighs> Which is probably anachronistic, but we're happy about it nonetheless. Yeah. Next, we have the Window Worthy Award, which goes to... Summer at Selfridges. An actual display. Yeah. An actual promotion. Yeah. Like, where is all the money that Harry's wasting coming from, y'all? <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, that was he even says that it's going to pay for itself tenfold in yeah. one scene, and and it was just nice to just just for once to see the store doing something, even for a moment. <laughs> and next up, we have the stick poke. Uh, that goes to eyebrows hitting on Meryl. We. Look, I know we've complained about him not having anything to do, but this <laughs> right. was really a bit much. Yeah, we should have known better. We should have been like, you know what? If he does get something to do, it's going to be worse than the nothing. Yeah. And so it has turned out to be. And finally, the eyeliner scale of eyeliner. This is a big fat crayon. Oh my, it's like one of those crayons you have to give to like two-year-olds so they don't <laughs> choke on it. Yeah. Or, no, you know, those ones that are shaped like an egg and they're a rainbow inside. <laughs> yeah. And applied while drunk. Oh, like, my God. So ridiculous. I mean, yeah. I'm like, I'm hesitant to say, can it get any worse? <laughs> right. Because I feel confident that it can. <laughs> so that's uh, that's this episode. How how'd we do on time? Uh, 46 minutes. Ah, <gasps> oh, so close. Yeah. Well, actually, it'll get truncated down a little bit. We might make it. All right. Yeah. Well, this has been fascinating. <laughs> it sure much has. as the episode itself was. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, until next time, tighten your belts, 